clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose in the Hall of Fantasy League? Well, we'll see if that's the case for the Texas Yallers, Sigmund Bloom, and Joe Bryant coming on the pod, the last of our GM podcast. We saved the biggest, the biggest state for last. Uh, this is a fun one. Two really interesting guys who've got some Texas history, some history outside of Texas, and have been in the fantasy football space a long, long time. If you want to stake the Texas Yallers or any team in the Hall of Fantasy League, you should go to thehofl.com. If you want to follow our social channels, it's at thehofleague. Texas Yallers! Yeehaw! Let's go. They say everything is bigger than Texas, but will that be the case in the Hall of Fantasy League? The Texas Yallers, we've reached that point. The co-general managers of the Texas Yallers are here. Sigmund Bloom, the co-owner of FootballGuys.com, and Joe Bryant, the CEO and co-founder of FootballGuys.com. Usually in the middle of the podcast is when we really get into the chemistry, but just because before we even started, we were talking a little bit. You guys, it's a little bit of a yin-yang in terms of how you will manage this team. Joe, we'll start with you because because you're the one that brought it up. What is the difference between you and Sig here? Sig, I don't know how we're going to do this one here. The, the, the big difference, I think, for us is Sig's our face. Sig's our lead analyst. And and when someone's got to take it, football guys, we lean to Sig. My role usually winds up or has evolved over the years into being more of the the ringmaster or coach say and i'm pointing people in the right direction and putting them in the best positions to win but um, i think we'll make a great team i think we've got the front office thing you know worked out already if i i'll be belichick and and he's uh sigs our tom brady here wow that's big words sig and and i know i mean you got the flow out right now right. for those watching on video i mean it's a little bit of 1999 2000 brady with the, the yeah. locks of hair yeah flying out of your hat right now but in terms of what joe says there is that you know is that how it's going to come down is that you're going to be really i mean brady's not necessarily the x's and o's guy but you're going to be the guy out there in the trenches yeah i think this is like i am at the press conferences for all the beat writers to ask why did you lose why is the team zero and three what are you going to do all the fans can get mad at me but when we really need to make some changes of some cages need to be rattled if some carrots need to be dangled to turn the season around that's where joe will come in behind the scenes no one will ever see the machinations but just know joe's there (laughs) that's awesome to hear and for those who don't know where you guys come from you know footballguys.com sig uh you'll probably bring a lot of your fans with you to texas with this team i'm sure there'll be a lot of footballguys.com fans uh footballguys.com fans who are staking the texas yallers what sort of people are they? What sort of content do you put out there? I think that football guys in some ways is a, a perfect community for a competition like this because we've always cultivated, including myself, our writers, our talent out of our community. I think that most of us became familiar with football guys because of the shark pool, because of the community and the high level of football discourse that we weren't really finding anywhere else. Now we're finding it in a lot of places, but 20 years ago, the shark pool was the place to be. So I think we consider ourselves all part of the same group, all with the same kind of acumen and approach to this. And we just like steel to sharpen steel. Uh, Joe, there were a lot of words in there, sharks, sharpen steel, a lot of, 
you know, a lot of, a lot of deep talk there about creating this in the fantasy industry. How did you guys come? Because also, you know, you guys have had lives pre-fantasy football is how I've been describing it on this podcast. Believe it and, or not. And, yeah. and, <laughs> and, and I know Joe, I mean, I did a little look, look into you. You've got a, a barbecue past, which I think is perfect for, uh, for the Texas Yallers. Right. <laughs> what, what were you doing before footballguys.com? Before footballguys.com, I had founded a boat company called Bryant Boats, um, co-founded with my dad back in 1990. And um, I, I, all my life, I've been worked for myself, been an entrepreneur. 1990, and, that's how people traveled back then. That's how, boat, yeah, right? that's, how, that's how they went. You know, that's how they got around. And uh, we, we got into this, you know, Football Guys started, we were birthed right along with the internet. I mean, we, we, we could see this happening right as the thing you know, just came into being and, and, you know, believe it or not, there was a world pre-internet back then. And that's how Sigmund and I met, we, 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 we joke about, we were doing social media before it was called social media. I mean, we had our message boards and forums and, and the shark pool he's, he's referencing there was what we call our football guys message board forum. And that was just how we communicate. That's how most all the staff came to be. Um, it's how we have, I mean, I think Sig's hundred percent right this contest got us excited, Jeff, just because it's, I mean, if nothing else, football guys is a community. So I think, I think, I think it just fits right into our DNA. So I think it's going to be perfect. Sig, I think that, um, you know, you, you mentioned being a community and the stakeholders and everything, and that the landscape of fantasy has changed so much from when you think about those people, you had to get them to actually click on a URL. You know, I, I believe Football Guys was founded around 2000. How has have you seen the fantasy community and the way fantasy has covered change over these last two decades? Well, the main thing is just there's so much more and it's so good. And people are bringing to bear, just like, again, the spirit of Football Guys, whatever their talents are, whatever their skills are, if it's graphics, if it's creating algorithms, if it's being an excellent writer, if it's having an on-air personality and, and charisma that helps people engage. And uh, I think that we're lucky because Joe and David started Football Guys so long ago that we're grandfathered in we have credibility because it's difficult out there because of the quality of work but one thing that hasn't changed i think is uh for the most part goodwill and an uplifting pre uplifting presence in each other's lives i think the fantasy football community is one of the few corners of the internet that is mostly positive and mostly collaborative uh and i, I positive positive if you get yeah. things right you know i i don't know how it is when you get things wrong well, Joe is a, uh, a guru of customer service. And generally, as I know, he said that I'm the face of football guys. And I think maybe in terms of a public face on the air, yes. But Joe has always been our face as far as everything from football guys is signed with Joe's name. And that represents the stamp that he puts on things. And often people will come at us fangs bared and say, but you didn't tell me that Le'Veon Bell was going to hold out for the whole season. And when and Joe shows us the way by being very gracious and polite and, and full of humanity, saying, well, you know, we were cooperating with the best information we had at the time. Uh, we wish we could have done better or known that. And certainly we're going to double back and figure out how we can do better in the future. And then they say, by the way, I'm a huge fan of football, guys. I've subscribed for 13 <laughs> years. Thank you so much for answering my email. I can't believe that you answered my email. So I think that that difficult first you know growl you get from people when you go wrong often i think they're still just looking for engagement and involvement in the community and that's been guiding us and hopefully as the stakes get higher it can continue to guide us 
Well, that's a good point because Joe, maybe you were responding to those emails when they were addressed to football guys, but now, I mean, people are going to publicly stake your team. All right. Their money, they're going to be giving you, not necessarily giving you any budget. They're going to be putting their cash onto your team and that's going to be on your shoulder. So when you guys are at the top, you're going to get compliments. When you're at the bottom, people are going to say, why did I, why did I do this? Texas yallers y'all are killing me. Joe, how are you guys going to handle that? That's just part of the business. You got, you know, you put yourself out there. You got to take the heat that goes with, uh, this is part of the landscape. Um, we get the credit. It's like anything else. You get credit when it's good and take heat when it's bad. The the one thing we, I think, without question that everyone will know that Sig and I will do will be bring our best each time. I mean, you know, and I think most people are pretty respectful about that. If, you know, it's, it's in a game where the ball is shaped the way it is, weird things are going to happen. I think most people get that, but we'll bring our best and deliver our best and, and we'll see where the chips fall there. How do you guys think you will listen to your stake, your stakeholders or not listen to your stakeholders? What is that relationship going to be like when, you know, they might, they might want some influence, even though you guys are the experts. Oh, that's going to be fun. That's, you know, cooks in the kitchen, right? <laughs> I right. Mean, like, how many, you know, I mean, I, I we, we've got to work this, Sig and I will work this out. I don't, I mean, you know, the, the, the lamest way would be just do it by consensus. Right. And you just let, you know, vote and, 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 and that, that's no fun. I mean, that's, you know, you don't want to do that where it needs to have some degree in it. So, uh, I mean, they're, they're backing Sigmund and I, so, um, I think at some point they have to trust us to do what we think is best, but, uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. But then the, the, the other side of that is, I mean, we're the first to admit there's a lot of really sharp people out there. And I'm going to guess, Jeff, this contest is going to attract some really sharp people. So I, we would be crazy not to pay attention and listen um, to the, the stakeholders there. That's just that only makes sense to us. Well, it's not just about the, the stakeholders, obviously. And those of you listening, we expect a sharp group of people. We expect, you know, a a, a deep knowledge pool of fantasy minds, but also at the level of the general managers. I mean, you know, you guys, this is not exactly playing with your friends who might not necessarily follow football the way that you guys do. I mean, these are going to be 10 of the top managed teams of general managers. Someone's going to finish last, you know, someone's going to finish last. Someone's going to finish first. You guys have been in this industry so long as many of these GMs have. I mean, Sig, is there some bragging rights? Is there Are there some rivalries? Is there some extra motivation to be the best of the best? Absolutely. The reason that this sounds fun is it's the first fantasy football league of record, right? Put that all with capital letters. <laughs> That's true, yeah. And it, it, it will count in a way. Uh, obviously it will count for the stakeholders, but also just for the people, Hey, the most valuable thing we have is our time and attention. So just that we're putting on this league as the first, again, professional fantasy football league. And the silliness of professional fantasy football is about as silly as a fantasy football expert. So we've already gone that far. Why not? So I, I think that uh, th this is something that, and I think we are very lucky because of the culture that Joe has cultivated because of the people that work for football guys of that respect and a sense of, like Joe said, this is no different than what we do every year having to take the weight, having to take the heat for the calls that we make. Uh, and I think that hopefully we'll attract the same kind of people and we'll always be very transparent about 
what we're doing and why we're doing it. But just like your favorite NFL team, that doesn't mean you have a say in what we're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, Brady has pressure on him, but nothing like you guys, you know, what, uh... <laughs> I mean, that's what that's that's basically basically how it how it's summed up there. Um, You know, having all of this weight on your shoulders, Sig, I know you have a very personal, I think, personal connection to Texas. Why are you the guy for the Texas Yallers in the first season? I lived in Texas for 20 years. There are a lot of incredible things that I understand about Texas, why it is such a unique and singular place uh we could go down everybody in seventh grade in texas i didn't grow up in texas but in seventh grade you have to take texas history and because i didn't grow up in texas i read one of the definitive uh texas histories out there and it really illuminated what makes texas different why that there's a pride that comes with texas being texan being a native texan that uh is, is something that is special you know i think that of all of the states there is no state has more things shaped like it than texas <laughs> right you can go to the your motel you're staying in passing through texas and they may have a texas shaped waffle maker at the breakfast bar uh so i think it's a, a big thing to represent texas but uh at the same time Texas is a big state. It represents a lot of people, a lot of different types of people. I think that's one of the things that has made it so strong. Uh, so absolutely the time that I've spent in Texas and what I know about Texas will inform the great responsibility of representing Texas. Everything from Coach Taylor to Travis Scott, Texas yeah. represents. Where in Texas did you live, Sig? Austin, Texas for 20 years, 1997 to uh, 2018, actually 21 years. And uh, it, ch- it has changed a lot, let's say. Uh, but the beautiful thing about Texas is there's really, what is it, five states that it could split into under the Texas Constitution. It is an incredibly diverse place. It has places that there's no other place on earth like the Hill Country, West Texas, the Permian Basin, Big Bend, South Padre Island, and cities that are in the circulatory system of the world, including Austin, Texas now. So I I think it's a place on the world scene to to represent it. Again, it's an honor. And I did grow up in Texas, Jeff, going, and I did take yeah. Texas history back then. So I enlisted all 254 counties, and uh, <laughs> I don't think I could do it today, but played uh, high school football at, uh, went in Amarillo, traveled to Odessa, Permian, where Friday Night Lights originated. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's deep in the heart for both for, for Sigma and I. Well, I'm doing some quick Joe Bryant history in my head right now, and I'm thinking about 1990, you started the boat, the, the boat company, I think Friday night lights was, I want to say late eighties, early nineties. So mm-hmm. right around there, you were, you were in the heart right. of when that book takes exactly. place. Do you know what year it is off the top? Was that in Texas history or I guess that wasn't it was, what happened later? Yeah, it was right after I graduated in 82 and um, the book came out, I think 83, if I remember right, it was right in that time frame. but it was right during, it was, it was compiled and written, you know, a few years before it actually came out. But yeah, we beat Odessa Permian my sophomore year. is the first time they'd lost at home in seven years and got the police escort out of town. So, yeah, it's it's a fun place. <laughs> I, I always think about Jesse Armstead was on Dallas Carter, I believe. So that's mm-hmm. how I try to okay. backtrack everything that, that, that went on around then. But 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 you get it. Um, I know I don't think you live in Texas now, but you get it. No. So. So you you get the culture around this. Is there a fantasy football culture in Texas yet? 
Yeah, I mean, it's strong. It's, it, you know, I mean, I don't know that it's, now Texans would probably tell you it's better than anywhere else just because Texans think everything we do <laughs> is better than anywhere else. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a strong scene there. Um, although, I mean, truthfully, it's strong everywhere now. We, we, see, we see fantasy football as, as, you know, I mean, Sigmund and I both have been doing this long enough to remember when fantasy football wasn't commonplace and you had to explain to people what it was. And, what? Yeah. And, uh, but now, you know, it's, it's the cool thing to do now. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's everywhere now, but it's, it's absolutely strong in Texas. Joe, what'd your family say when you founded footballguys.com? What is this? What, <laughs> what are you talking about? You're, you know, this little game here, this hobby, and you think this is going to be a, uh, a business and we saw it as, um, I mean, again, as the internet just started, was getting started, it was obvious to me right off the bat what the internet was. It was a free printing press. It was like you could no longer, did you have to pay for every copy of every you know book or page of information you put out? Now you could write something one time and distribute it, you know, in infinite numbers, um, at, at for basically the same cost as, as just printing that one time. So yeah, it was it was it was easy to see back then where it was going, and and we you know it always seems like yeah we I never I can't say I saw it would would be exactly this, but um, you know it was it was just another it was a medium and a platform that just had you know almost infinite possibilities, and we've seen where it's gone from there. Sig, how did you gravitate toward fantasy football, and was there, or maybe still is there, a second life to Sigmund Bloom? Oh, there's probably a myriad <laughs> of possible other lives. But I'm glad that in this one, I emerged with fantasy football. I was always a diehard sports fan of any and all sports, anything that I could watch as a kid, anything that I could get that stream of data and, and analyze it. I uh, wanted to be the play-by-play announcer for the Pittsburgh Pirates growing up. You know, That was my life's dream. And uh, as Joe was saying about the internet breaking down barriers, you know, I originally went to Syracuse for broadcast journalism and it just didn't really jive with me at the time. And at that time, that was the only way to get your voice out there was to go through a major media outlet. And the internet created this incredible democratization of media, of voices, of content. And when it came back around, well, when I was at my job, I noticed I liked managing my fantasy teams a lot more than I liked doing my job. So I said, why don't I try to make that my job? And thankfully, with people like Joe showing the way, and a lot of other people that are on our staff that predate my jumping into the deep end of fantasy football, it didn't seem as crazy to me, even though as Joe was saying, it was crazy to other people. Now people don't think it's crazy. They just think it's cool. A lot of people I went to law school with, that's another story. school. uh, I wish I knew that was an option. Yeah. I wish I knew that was an option. I might have chosen that over being an attorney. Where was law school? That's what took me to Austin, University of Texas. But really, I chose my law school based on a place I wanted to live. In 1997, Austin was a really fine and wonderful place to live. So just so, you know, you didn't take Texas history, but you took Texas law. Is there is there are there some unique Texas law history lessons that you can share with us today? No, I mean, I think people are pretty familiar with Texas as that frontier where uh, a lot of things, the equilibrium is just created by practice or by what the community will tolerate more than laws that prescribe things. I think you know that that's had good and bad effects. But you know, certainly, I, I think doubling back to Texas history, 
and, and Texas law kind of merging, I think that Texas always has represented an experiment within the experiment. The United States is a grand experiment, and then Texas became an experiment within that experiment. And even though I know, you know Joe lives in Tennessee now, he's no longer in Texas, even though Texas is in his heart, but a lot of the original Texans were from Tennessee. Sam so Houston. There's still a great connection there. You're right. Texas is a big experiment. The Hall of Fantasy League is definitely going to be an experiment this year. Um, I almost feel like you guys are the Wild West just because I see the Texas Yallers logo. And, you know, I I feel like this this podcast getting into it. It's like it's like it just feels I'm I'm, I I was a little anxious. I'm just thinking these guys, it's going to be big Texas personalities out here. But, you know, what do you guys think in terms of this experiment? How we've talked about that you're longstanding in the fantasy community, how will the Hall of Fantasy League, this National Fantasy Football League, add a new element to the space? Well, I would just say that we can follow along with each other, the folks that have either emotionally or monetarily invested in the team, and we'll sweat it out. We'll, everyone likes Monday Night Sweats, right? You know, We'll sweat it out every week, and certainly we're good friends with almost everybody, every name I've seen, you know. Bob Harris. We're going to be playing against Bob Harris. How much fun is that? You know, uh, we all go way back. So I think there'll be a lot, a lot of fun and a lot of engagement because again, like this, this league is the first true league of record and we can experience the thrills and chills of it. You know, even a fantasy season when you lose at the end is still a great success because of all the engagement and all the enrichment to your life that is given. And we'll add another layer, a little cherry on top. We did the podcast, Bob Harris and Mike, Michael Fabiano are co-general managing. That's a term today in our league, co-general managing Um, the uh, Ohio goats. And they could not, they can't agree on almost any, they are, you want to talk about two different personalities? They couldn't agree with Star Wars and Star Trek on the podcast. But, you know, and, and, and Fabiano's definitely got this. He's got this, you know, zen. He, he's looking straight ahead at, the, at fantasy stats and info. And Bob is, you know, could probably socialize with a brick wall and just talk for hours. And, and you know, it's just <laughs> amazing. So we've got those sort of diversity of those diversities of personalities in there. Um, Joe, those are guys who I'm sure, you know, you've known in the industry for a long time and same kind of question for you as someone who's seen so much of this industry. I mean, what did it, why did it take so long for us to get here in 2021? That's a great question, Jeff. It, you know, personality wise, I think just back to, I mean, Bob and Mike will be great there, but I think that's where Sig and I are going to have a real advantage. I mean, it helps when you're best friends to start. I mean, we've got, and having worked with each other that long and have such a connection to each other. Plus, you know, I mean, I love Bob and Mike both, but that's, uh, that's, you know, it's a little different vibe than what we've got here being co, you know, coexisting for so long. But the, um, the other thing I was going to tell you too, the, I mean, I don't know how you're, I haven't studied your prize structure and how that's going to go, but we're either going to win this thing or we can go down in flames. If you're looking, if, if this is a thing where you, you know, <laughs> you benefit for the guy that goes 500, pew, we're pew, not pew, your, pew, we're pew. not your team. So, um, uh, and we, we plan on winning this thing, but it, to get here in 2021, to answer your question, is, is this what Sigmund said and how it's changed? It, there's just more of it. I mean, when we first started, I mean, it was like strategy levels were like, hey, don't draft a kicker early. You know, that was where you were, you know, that's what it was. And then, you know, we, we brought in value-based drafting to fantasy football and, and started hitting things there and elevating the strategy. And 
honestly pulling a lot of stuff that rotisserie baseball had already been doing. They were a little bit ahead of us in the strategy and analytics side. And um, I mean, it's, it's tough. These, I mean, it's tough to win your local league. I mean, much less, I mean, this kind of league with these, you know, with these kind of, of GMs we're going against, but that's, that's what makes it fun. Right. I mean, you, you want the challenge. You, you want to, um, you know, if it was easy, anybody be doing it. So I, I think, I think this is what's fun about, about this league having really sharp competitors and, and we're, we're looking forward to it. You mentioned some value there and SIG leans forward. Maybe this is a question for SIG. How much will analytics play a factor? How much will the eye test play a factor? You know, we talked to Chris, to Chris Harris, who's like, look, I'm, I'm analyzing the film. You know, that's how he goes about things. We talked to some others that it's strict analytics. Where do you guys lie? Oh, we're definitely, uh, or I'll speak for myself. Uh, I think narrative and storytelling belongs in fantasy football. And I want the best stories. I want the stories that have the happiest endings. And we're looking at things that have changed. We're looking at potentially ascendant players, offenses, schemes, and using our imagination to see that top end range of outcomes. And I think Joe really nailed it. You know, we're going to go big or go home. I know in the structure that you all have, fourth place and 12th place are the same. Zero. doesn't matter. So we may take some risks that increase the chances of us ending up in 12th place, but also increase the chances of us ending up in first place. Uh, and I think that's why being the Yallers and, and, and Texas coming out guns a-blazing, it's a beautiful conceptual continuity. And I feel like it gives me permission to do what I was going to do anyway. I, you, I feel like it's very little Jerry Jones-esque, the, the go big or go home. It has to be. Yeah. Anything humanly known I will do to win that one. The analytics is exactly the way you said that, Jeff's exactly right. Or that the strength I think that we have at Football Guys is that with enough diverse voices among our staff, that we I think we blend it just right. I mean, I don't think I, I, there, it's it's like a lot of things. It's way more than just the art and narrative, but it's also just way more than just straight numbers. And and both have their place. And I think the magic comes in blending those two. And I think we do that exceptionally well. We've got some guys on staff that are super hardcore number guys that they just, you know, the data tells them everything. We've got some folks on staff that are all about the narrative and the, the feels and the eyeball. And, and I think, I think either one on their own have weaknesses. I think where we have an advantage is I think we blend those together really well. I got some questions before, some, some a little bit, I don't know, looser questions before I let you guys go. All right. Sig, I mean, and I feel like this goes in with the analytics conversation that, you know, you don't have to be a deep in analytics individual to be a footballguys.com fan. And I think, uh, you know, the, your history with pros versus Joes uh, plays a lot into this. Can you explain a little mm. bit of, of, of your history there? Well, Pros versus Joes is a contest FFPC who we've done a lot of great work with, uh, has been doing for a long time, I think since 2009. I think I got in maybe nine, eight, nine years ago. Um, I, I won my division three times. I know they have some sort of score. Darren Armani does. I'm the number one all-time Very score. Casual. I don't Very know. There casual. might be someone yeah. more deserving of that. Well, because don't tell me what you've done. You know, Tell me what you're going to do. And I, we just had the uh, pros versus Joe's drafts. And this is the key, right? Because it's July and the pros versus Joe's drafts happen before training camp. They happen before group think has taken hold of the fantasy football world. They the happen before. Goes, is, yeah, but... 
Sure. Well, yes, and that's a whole other layer. But um, it, it's before people will excoriate you saying, how could you take this player in the fifth round when he's going in the seventh round? Because you don't really know yet. And uh, I think that that's one of the things that makes that contest really fun is it's our reveal of where everybody is as we're going along in the draft. You can't really anticipate the draft the way you can a draft, say, a month from now. Um, it's got stakes. The first place is a, an entry to the main event which is valued at $1,900. Um, and I think, again, just like uh, the Hall of Fantasy League, it has a lot of those big names. It has a lot of people that you love to compete against. It can be even intimidating looking at your draft and seeing who you're up against because it also includes some of the very best people in the high-stakes space who know a lot. Uh, I, 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 it's, it's fun for me. It kicks off the draft season for me. I just wrote an article about my draft. Start off with Darren Waller. It's a tight end premium <laughs> league. And... Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he'll end up on the Yallers. Waller Yaller. Little tease there. Uh, Joe, I got a couple fun questions for you. First of all, what is Black Eyed Joe's Barbecue? Black Eyed Joe's Barbecue is, uh, it depends on who you ask, Jeff. If uh, he asks my wife, it's a, it's a big expense. Um, if you ask uh, me or some other folks, we, we do a thing um, connected to a homeless ministry in downtown Knoxville. And, and uh, the idea was... Um, let's have the best barbecue in town once a month here be free. And we serve under the bridge there in downtown Knoxville. And that's, that's what that is. And I want, when you have a big trailer like that, that it's a homemade thing we made, you wind up, you know, doing some other gigs here and there, but primarily it's a ministry thing. And the official, the official barbecue. Uh, <laughs> that, that's where I was. I was thinking there's gotta be some sort of Texas barbecue of connection in here. Uh, also, Joe, it's in your notes. It's in your Twitter bio. You say, I like Mr. Rogers more than Aaron Rodgers, and I like Aaron Rodgers. What does that mean? They, they give me a hard time, Jeff. Mr. Rogers is my hero. And, and um, it's, it's, it's funny. I just, I mean, it, it became cool again, you know, the last couple of years with the movies that came out. But I just, it just struck me the other day that uh, that's kind of a guiding force for me. And, um, and it served me well over the years. I think it's, it's been, it's been uh, a helpful thing for me. I think it's helped in our business and it's helped build some of our culture. And, and it just, it, it kind of underlines, uh, you know, without talking about it that much, it just, it kind of flows through a lot of different things we do. And I do like Aaron Rodgers too. You know that uh, the neighborhood was based on Odessa. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> there you go now. <laughs> oh, it's that's Pittsburgh. right. I Oi, I'm right. representing Texas. Right, I can't right. go beyond. Uh, I'm, throwing, about I'm throwing SIG off at the end. I'm throwing <laughs> SIG off at the end. Uh, speaking of which, what's the pitch, guys? Why should those out there stake the Texas Yallers? SIG, you can go first. Well, from a strategy standpoint, we really are going to embrace the idea that it's really first place or bust. I know that there's some payout for second and third place, but we're going for first place. And we're, we're going to be transparent. I think one of the things that people really like about this is, you know, I'll, I'll mention Kyle Pitts. Um, if I'm taking Kyle Pitts for the Yallers, you better bet I did things like trade three first round picks for Kyle Pitts in a dynasty league, took Kyle Pitts in the third in the third round like two months ago in uh, industry things. So we're going to draft, we're going to feel the pain or the elation the same way. This isn't just a mere exercise. This is another extension of our uh, enjoyment and engagement in the space. Uh, and I also think with football guys, like Joe said, we are drawing from the collective brain power of 60 plus staffers who all have different specialties and different backgrounds. We are definitely open to 
uh, collaboration or changing our opinion whenever it's clear that there's a reason we should. So, uh, you know, it's, we, we, we will, we will bend like the grass and the wind, but we will also be strong. (laughs) How can you beat that Jeff? I mean, that, that's it right there. We're going to bend, but be strong. We are on Zencaster, right? (laughs) We, we are on Zencaster. We can, we can get that whole, we can clip that whole monologue if we have to from, uh, from SIG, which, I just want to follow up one thing. I said to you guys before the podcast, I said, you know, this isn't an X's and O's sort of pod. I don't, wouldn't, I'm not going to ask about who the third best tight end is or anything like that. That's what I said. Sig's already given us Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts yeah. on here. So I think we've gotten the first two, maybe not just not the third. So we almost got to the third tight end, but, but Joe, is there anything you can add on why to stake the Texas Yallers? Well, I, one, we're going to win. I mean, so that's the obvious reason. But two, we're going to be fun doing it. I mean, <laughs> we're going to. I think, as as Six said, we'll be transparent with it. We we want we're going to do this together. This isn't a thing like we're up on you know driving the boat and everybody else is along for the ride. And we we want the input. Now we got to figure out how to manage that without you know without it being crazy. But, uh, but I mean, we want this to be a cooperative thing and I think it'll be fun. That's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, that's, that's why I would do it. If I was going to stake somebody easily for us. Well, the Texas Yallers will be roping up some stakeholders right about now. You can stake the Texas Yallers at the HOFL.com. Sig and Joe, thanks so much. Thank you Those are the football guys, Sigmund Bloom and Joe Bryant, and they will be general managers of the Texas Yallers. You can stake the Yallers at thehofl.com. If you like the Hall of Fantasy League podcast that you're listening to here, the HOFL pod, give us a follow, subscribe, give us a review. We feel like a five-star recruit. We would like five stars. That's what we'd like out here. Uh, And it's been fun taping all of these GM podcast. We hope that you've gotten to know the general managers of the Hall of Fantasy League. It is almost time. The draft is right around the corner and football season is upon us. Thanks so much for listening.